Well, we are in a series called The Attributes of God. I believe this is week six or seven. I don't remember which week. I think we're in week seven of it. And we're going to continue to do it. In fact, we were at a, uh, a leadership staff meeting on Wednesday morning, and we were praying uh, just about, you know, the church, about people, about prayer requests, about the future. And I think I made mention after prayer, I was just like, hey, you know, we're not going to be here the last weekend in May, and Pastor Andy's going to give the message and I'm not going to tell you what it is because you have to come and hear it. Maybe we should tell him next week. I don't know, whatever. But anyway, and he just, out of nowhere, he got up. He says, well, I want to do this, that God is this. And I was like, ooh, that's so good. That wasn't even on my list. Like, that wasn't even on my list of 15. Like, it's, so it's like we have to understand that God is so big and so amazing, so precious and so good to us that he has so many facets and attributes that we could probably spend years studying who God is. Now, we won't do that, I don't think. <laughs> we will do that. But we'll do it as long as God says to do it. But it's interesting, like, even in our finite minds, like, here's what I thought the attributes of God were. Pastor Andy was like, here's one. And we're going to just continue to learn about those attributes and who he is. Because I've said this before, what I want for us is to have a, a, a new filter of who God is so that when circumstances come and situations come at us in lives, because guess how much, how many of us know that they do? <laughs> I've had situations and circumstances this week that I had to remind myself that God is good and God is faithful. Like I had to go back and remind myself. He was like, hey, Jason, remember the preaching you did the past couple weeks? How about stand on that? And of course, today I'm doing God is merciful. And oh, did I have plenty of chances this week to show mercy to my family members, all of them, including ones that aren't here. <laughs> so it's like that's real, and God was just like, you're preaching on showing and how God shows us mercy. How about you show a little mercy in this situation? I'm like, oh, come on. I don't want to. I want to hold them accountable. I want to hold them to the line. I want there to be consequences for every situation and circumstance. What if God treated us that way? What if we had the consequence due to us for every time we messed up? Oh, my goodness. I don't think any of us would be here. Really. I don't think any of us would be here. <laughs> really. The price that we would have to pay, if, if God was not merciful, I'm getting ahead of myself, getting into the message. If God was not merciful, we would not be here. If we got what we deserved for everything that we did wrong, oh my gosh. But God, praise God that we serve and we have a merciful God. Okay, get ahead of myself. An attribute. What is an attribute? It's a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. And we're looking at these attributes because I want us to understand this is, this is who God is. This is truth. This is in here. This is not like I made this up. This isn't like a fancy sermon series. This is Bible 101. This is who God is. And you can see these attributes from the very beginning of the book to the very end of the book. Whether it's in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and what God says is going to come, and how the end will happen, what he's going to do at the end, all of that we can see these attributes of God. So this new filter we have, and I also like to maybe use this analogy. Sometimes you ever say, I can't see the forest through the trees. Has anybody ever heard that 
that phrase. And what that basically means, I can't see the forest through the trees, is that you've got all this stuff in front of you, all this stuff happening, and you can't figure out what to do, where to navigate, because you're just, there's trees everywhere. And what I really, my heart for this series is that it kind of lifts us out of the current circumstance, out of the current day-to-day, and raises us up a little bit to see kind of how God sees things, how he deals with things, so that we can then see the forest, and we're not stuck right in front of the tree that's right right ahead of us. Because how many of you in life have run into that same tree over and over and over again, right? And it's because we're missing something, and God wants to show us something. And so, like, my forehead is tired of banging into that tree. How many of you are with me? Yeah? It's like, I am so tired of running into that same tree. And it's like, I'm running full speed into it sometimes, right? You're just running, you're like, bam, and you hit that tree. Come on! So this series is to lift us to show how God is and how he operates and what he does so we can stop running into that tree over and over and say, you know what? That's not God. I can do something different in this situation because of who God is and what he's done for me. Attribute one we've talked about is God is infinite. He's self-existing without origin. Amen. It's just, I mean, we could, you could wrap your, try to wrap your head around that. You, you can't. Honestly, it's like physically in our minds, I mean, maybe if you're some intellectual scholar, you could get there after like 30 years of study. But to really figure that out, it's just almost too much for us to handle. But here's what you have to understand, that he's always been here. His timeline is not our timeline. And then attribute two leads into that is God is immutable. He never changes. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God was faithful last week during our church service, guess what? God is faithful today. And we don't have to worry about tomorrow because God is there. He's because he spans time. So you're like, well, how is God already in tomorrow? Because he doesn't, he's not like you and I. He's not, you know, finite in our existence and we see a clock and we see time. Like, you know, yesterday we were at our soft, first softball practice for our church softball league, and I was yelling at Pastor Andy, what time is it? What time is it? Right? We're so focused on time. Like, I had to be somewhere by a certain time, but God's already in tomorrow, and he's just waiting for us to get there, and he'll be faithful there, too. We don't have to worry about tomorrow, because the Bible says today has enough challenges of its own, does it not? There's challenges. Every day, there's, you know how many challenges I had this morning getting to church? Woe is me. Here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. And none of these are even all that bad. But Liz pointed out to me, she says, you know, the calling that I have on my life is to preach. And so the enemy will orchestrate circumstances and situations in our lives to stop us from doing what God has called us to go do. I mean, I'm talking about silly things. Like, so I woke up this morning and we had some people come over and pressure wash our house yesterday. They did a phenomenal job. I was so I was dancing when I went to bed on how good my house looks. Like, mm, it's so white, looks so good. This is fantastic. And I walk out back and they left the patio furniture in the mulch. And they sprayed the patio and all the dirt from the patio hit all of my patio furniture that's in the mulch. And I walk outside going, I don't want to put that back on my nicely clean patio. Now I got to go clean all this up. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, I'm not going to do it now. And then of course I'm like, well, maybe I have a few minutes. 
Maybe I can start spraying stuff now. So I go over to the hose, which I haven't used all year. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hook up this hose. It's going to be phenomenal. It's a brand new hose. I hook it up. I turn it on. Water is going everywhere. It's a new gasket. It's a new hose. Why is it leaking? I can't find the tool to tighten it. It's upstairs somewhere. So I run upstairs. I come down. In the meantime, Maggie's outside. You know, she's coughing. She's not here. But she's riding her scooter, and she scrapes her leg up against one of, the, one of the, uh, the chairs that we have, rips her leg open. Ooh, she's crying. I'm trying to fix the water. She writes me a sign and she's crying, Daddy, don't be mad. Like, guys, it's like 7.05 in the morning at this point in time. So I'm like, Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. So I'm going to go on my prayer walk because that's going to fix everything. So I go on my prayer walk. There are 10 crows that decide they are going to crow as loud as humanly possible everywhere I go on this walk. It was literally like they were following me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this some kind of joke? Like, where did you come from? And I would, like, move, like, you know, a block and a half down, and here they are again. I'm, like, in the name of Jesus, and trying to get these crows to leave. Like, I have authority in David over all the animals. You need to go in Jesus' name. I'm, like, cursing these crows. Oh, my gosh. This is, all, this is now 725. Right? It's so it's like we have these situations and these circumstances and we just get so fired up about everything that's going on in our lives and we have to realize and recognize God is with us. He is in this circumstance. He's in this situation. I trust him. I came back home. I was telling Liz of all my woes, all my challenges. There was like two or three more. I can't even remember what they were. But she was like, just take a breath. Trust Jesus. Jesus, I give you everything to everyone. And honestly, I've really felt. Like she's like, you have complete, your countenance has completely changed. I sat down. I had this little orange chair. I sat down. Had a cup of coffee. I literally, everything changed. But I had to choose. I had to choose to give him everything and everyone. I had to choose to believe that God is faithful. He is good. He is merciful. He is all these things. And that he is with me. And I cannot allow the circumstances to dictate how my reaction is or what's going on in my life. Hard to do, but we can do it. Attribute three was God is love. Praise God. He is love. God is love. Three little words that has changed my life forever. I know have changed many of your lives forever. God is love. Attribute four, God is good. He is good, he is good. He's infinitely, unchangeably kind and full of goodwill. We can trust that he is working all things together for our good. We can trust that. Attribute five was God is wise. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. And then last week we looked at attribute six, which is God is faithful. He is infinitely and unchangingly true. And we had this picture that the Lord gave us of like, you know, the rainbow going over our circumstance and our situation. God just reminding us that your circumstance and your situation sits under him and he is faithful. He is faithful. So attribute seven, what I want to look at this morning is God is merciful. Oh, 
<laughs> like we said already, if we paid the price for everything that we did wrong, we would be in a whole lot of trouble. Most of us would probably, you know, either be dead in jail, in a ditch somewhere, or in a whole lot of trouble. I'm serious. If I, if I had every consequence in my life of how I acted and operated in college, I would not be here. Just wouldn't be here. But God is merciful. He is infinitely, unchangingly compassionate and kind. He is compassionate and kind. And I'm going to look at a couple verses here this morning. The definition of this mercy is this. Mercy is the compassionate treatment of those in distress. How many of us have been in distress in our life? Especially when it's within one's power to punish or harm them. And we're like, ooh, what does that mean? And you think about it, think about it like uh, when a judge provides mercy or clemency or reduces a sentence. You're speeding and you get your sentence reduced. That was, you were shown mercy. And how that makes us feel when we're shown mercy is like, oh, okay. I didn't have to pay the full price of what happened or what I'd done in my life. And this is how God treats us. He treats us with such mercy. The Bible says that his mercies, plural, I believe this is in Lamentations 3, I don't have it up there, but says that his mercies, plural, are new every day. Whoa. You mean that the mercy I used yesterday because of a circumstance, a situation, a challenge in my life, like that was yesterday, but now today is a new day, and today God's mercies, plural, have followed me into today, and they're new for today, which is great, because today's a new day, and today I face new challenges, and today I have new issues and new things that I'm working on and tackling and working through, but his mercies are new for this day. Not just for yesterday, not, well, you know, God will show me mercy someday in the future. He shows us mercy every single day. This word mercy, it derives from a Latin word that actually means a price paid. Interesting. That a price was paid. Jesus paid that price for us. It has this connotation, this word mercy, of forgiveness, of benevolence, of kindness. It's like, a, it's like a judge showing mercy and leniency in a sentence. God shows us his mercy for those who are suffering, who are in need of him, who need healing, comfort, alleviated from whatever issue that it is in life. He acts from compassion, but he acts with mercy. Church, God is merciful. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Romans 9, Romans 9, 14. It says, what shall we say then? Is there unforgiveness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. Praise God that we are part of his family and that he has mercy on us. It says, and I will have compassion on whomever I have compassion. So then it's not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. It is he who shows mercy. You say, well, Pastor Jason, are you just giving me a license to, you know, do whatever I want? 
Oh, contraire, my friend. Contraire, contraire, quite the opposite. It's because of his mercy that he spared me from a situation that I should have had some type of punishment for. It's because of that that I see that, that my heart says, I want to live and act and do as God has commanded me to go do. It's his mercy that draws us to him. It's his goodness that draws us to repentance. It's his mercy. It's not, this isn't a blank check to just go sin and do whatever the heck we want to go do because he'll show mercy to us. Look, there are consequences to sin in this life. How many of you know that's true? There are consequences to our sin, yet God is merciful. And we cannot separate God is just, and maybe we'll do that on one of, one of these weeks. We cannot separate that God is just from God is mercy. There, all of these things work together. So God is just. He does show justice. There is, and he has this set up in the Bible, and he works through this, this redemption of all of mankind, but he also then shows us mercy. And he doesn't hold us to the line for everything we've ever done. Because I would have been arrested a whole lot of times. I probably wouldn't have my license anymore. Because how many of you drove over the speed limit coming here? Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't. Because I wasn't driving. <laughs> Lila, our 16-year-old, she's learning to drive. And she definitely did not <laughs> drive over the speed limit. I'm like, she's not in here so I can say this. I'm like, girl, hit the gas. Like, there's traffic behind us. Like, come on, girl. Hit the gas pedal. Like, we're going up a hill. It's like 15 miles an hour. I'm like, gas. Like, I got to get to church before 10 a.m. We got 30 minutes. We only live 10 minutes away. I hope we can make it. You know what I mean? Like, let's go, girl. Right? So, but every of us, we, there's something we do that, you know, we break some law or we say, well, just a little white lie or this or that. But God is so merciful and gracious to us. And so kind and compassionate to us that it can't help us but to want to live and to follow the commands and the, the things that he asks us to be obedient with. His mercies are new every day. Praise God. Church, praise God. His mercy for me this morning and all my challenges was new for today. Psalm 145 says this. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and great in mercy. Psalm 145, look at that. The Lord is gracious. I must not have sent the right email to those guys. My, my apologies. The, what's that? It's, oh, there it is. Okay. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is full of it. He's full of it. Everybody say, man, you are full of it. You ever talk to somebody like that? Come on, you are full of it. Well, if you ever say that to God, what is he full of? He is full of compassion. He's full of it. And he's slow to anger. Church, can we be parents? Parents, come on now. Can we be slow to anger? I was getting angry so fast this morning that my five-year-old had to write it down on a sheet of paper. Dad, don't get mad. This is, she wrote it. I, I wish I, I should have brought it. Legit. She wrote it on a piece of paper. Dad, don't get mad. Because she sensed the water's leaking. The crows are crowing. This is ridiculous, right? Like I'm about to... And our children, sometimes when they do stuff, 
or they interrupt for the thousandth time in the past two minutes. Right? You're like, oh my gosh. But look what the Lord is. He's not like us. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Lord, you are not like me. Thank you, Lord, you are not like me. Period. End of sentence. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in his mercy. He loves us so much. He cares. These are all intertwined. He loves us so much. He cares for us so much. He is so good, and he is so faithful that he shows us mercy on a daily basis, every day. Ephesians 2 says this, but God who is rich in mercy, not only is he full of it, he's rich in it too. He's rich in his mercy because of what? His great love in which he loved us. These are all interconnected. That when we were dead in trespasses, just like that that vision that the Lord had shown me, we're, you know, we're dressed in black. We were dead in those trespasses. Our sentence was eternal separation from God. But he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. His mercy, his compassion on us. Matthew 17 I believe this is the last scripture we have on this. Matthew 17, 14 says this. And we've looked at Jesus, on all these we try to look at Jesus' life and we say, Lord, how did Jesus show this trait or this characteristic? Because if he was fully God, fully man, we should see this characteristic in Jesus' life as well. It says, and then they had come to the multitude and a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic And he suffers severely, often falls into the fire, and often into the water. And what was Jesus' response? He healed the boy. Mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion. You know, it reminds me uh, of the story of Jonah. How many of you know the story of Jonah? Jonah was the prophet in the Old Testament that God had told him to go to Nineveh, and to speak a word of repentance to the Ninevites. And actually, there's a ve- if you want to get the whole story, there's a great VeggieTale movie. Fantastic. We were just listening to this in the car recently. We've got a little DVD player. And Jonah, the VeggieTale Jonah, was playing over and over. And there's these, these fun, compassion and mercy. I won't sing it. But there's all these fun songs. Like, Dad, here comes your favorite song. Here comes your favorite song. Ooh, and I love the soundtrack to the VeggieTales things. But anyway... It's just a tomato and like an asparagus. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but it's good. Okay, so it's the story of Jonah, and he's visited by God to go warn the Ninevites, and he's just like, what? I ain't going to do that. Those people are too far gone. Church, I was too far gone. We all were too far gone. If it wasn't for his mercy on us, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning. I wouldn't be standing up here this morning, but because of his mercy. And so Jonah disobeyed. He's trying to go to the opposite direction. He's going to Tarsus, wherever he's headed. He's trying to get as far away from Nineveh as he can. The storm comes. They draw the lots. They toss Jonah off the boat. The storm stops. The big fish gets him. You guys know the story, right? Okay. The big fish gets him. He's in the belly of the big fish or the whale for three days. 
and then the whale spits him out, and he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to go to Nineveh, <laughs> you know, because all that just happened, right? But God showed mercy on Jonah. Didn't that just happen? Like, he showed mercy on, and it's, yes, it's a foreshadowing of God and, and Jesus and the time of the year, all this stuff, and, so, and I love how the Bible works, but this is a story that shows God's mercy on Jonah. Like, if, I mean, I feel like there should be digestive juices or something going on that probably would have had some effect on him. But God showed mercy to Jonah in the belly of the whale. And then he spits him out. He says, hey, I'm giving you another chance. Come on. Let's go to Nineveh and speak this word that you have. And then he gives this word to the Ninevites. And he tells them. And then he just goes up to the, on the side. He's just he's waiting for something terrible to happen to the Ninevites, right? He's just like, ooh, I can't wait to see the fire come down and burn this whole city up. This is Jonah, who just received mercy from God. And he's like, no mercy. No mercy for these people. Come on. Let's see it happen. Right? That's the flesh. Jonah's like us. Come on, right? Jonah's like us. Let's not think we're any better than Jonah, right? We want to see mercy happen. Ooh, that person's speeding. They're going like 100 miles an hour. Ooh, I hope there's a cop up there to get him. Right? Because you're like legit. You know, it feels dangerous, you know. What if there's someone in the road, old lady trying to cross? Like, this seems dangerous. Maybe they, we, someone's got to catch them, right? So we're all about judgment, and God is about Jonah, but he's also about mercy. And so Jonah's like waiting for this terrible fire to come down and burn him up, and nothing happens. And God speaks to him. He's like, hey, look, here's what he says here in uh, Jonah 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. <laughs> he's like not a little upset that there wasn't some kind of judgment. He was so upset. This is us sometimes, right? He became angry. And so he prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, and I know. He says, I know you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. And then the next verse I love. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. And you think about this revelation that Jonah has on God's mercy. It's like so heavy and so big. Look at the words. You are so gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and you relent from doing harm. This is the God that we serve. So merciful. So merciful. And then the story of Jonah like ends there. It's like, it's over. What happened to Jonah? I don't know. I'm sure I could do some scholarly reading and find out what actually happened to Jonah. It doesn't really tell you what happened to Jonah. Other than God God didn't take his life right then and there, but he had this understanding and realization that God showed him mercy, and then he saw it on a grand scale. Do you know that God works on a grand scale? And he shows, God, he's showing mercy to this country. Don't let me get started. If, If this country got what it deserved... We wouldn't be sitting in this in freedom right now in this auditorium. But God is merciful. He is loving and he is caring and he loves us. And we, he wants us to pray. Gracie, if you want to come up here. So how do we know that God still has mercy for us? Because I'm a witness of it. You're a witness of it. Your testimony is that the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Every one of us has fallen short. And the Bible says, but the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is so merciful, he gives us a way to the Father. He gives us a way for eternal life. A way of mercy for all of us. His name was Jesus. Mercy and grace, they work hand in hand. I wrote this down. I'm gonna say, I'll say it slow. I don't have it up. Maybe I'll put it up next week. If mercy is not getting what we do deserve, which is eternal damnation for our sin, then grace is getting what we don't deserve, which is eternal life. And it's like this, God's mercy on one side says, I love you so much that I've sent someone to pay the price for you. And we have all the stuff that what should have happened to us, he is merciful over. Yet not only that, on the other side, he then gives grace, favor, and anointing, even though we're sinners, even though we're on this other side. Not only does he spare us this way, he propels us this way. You understand that? This grace and mercy. Actually, I was pointing this way. This was mercy. Mercy and grace working hand in hand. Not only are you not just sentenced to eternal damnation, but then he comes inside you and lives inside you and gives you an anointing and a grace and a favor to live in blessing of today. That's the God we serve. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. We can say that in this case. It's not using the Lord's name in vain. It's saying, oh my God, you are so big, so amazing. So this morning, I've got three things for us to do in response to God's mercy. The first one is to cry out for his mercy. Church, his mercies are new every day. We have to cry out for his mercy, just like David did, just like we've seen many people in the Bible do. Psalm 51 says this. It's David saying, I have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. They're not just new every day, they're tender. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me through thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Lord, this morning we acknowledge our transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Lord, have mercy on me Lord, have mercy on us as your church, as your bride. Lord, have mercy on us. Second thing we need to do is to thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his mercy. I feel like every one of these traits and characteristics or attributes that we do, somewhere in there we're thanking him that he is that way. 
because it's our natural response to understanding who he is, that we respond in such a way that we can do nothing but worship him. When we realize it's not us, it's not our own strength, it's not our own power, it's not our own ability, it's him, and only him. And so we want to thank him for his mercy. Even now, church, begin to thank him for his mercy. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your mercy. That we don't get what we deserve because of who you are, because of Jesus, because you sent your Son. Father, we thank you for your mercy. It says in Psalm 63 because your loving kindness or your mercy is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live, I will lift up my hands in your name. Just take a moment and thank him for his mercy today. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy to us. Lord, thank you for showing mercy in our life, situation after circumstance after situation and circumstance. We thank you for your mercy. Praise you. Thank you, Lord. And the last thing we have to do, well, it's probably more, but I only got three, is to extend mercy to others. Oof. That's right. Because he is so good, because he is merciful, because he has shown us mercy, we too then have to extend mercy to others. There's a story in the Bible, we're not going to turn there, but there was a guy who owed someone money who was in power, and that guy had mercy on him and forgave his debt, and he turned around, he went out, and he found someone who owed him money, and he wouldn't relent, and he wanted that person to go into prison and to be punished for not paying his debt, yet he just was forgiven his debt. So every one of us has relationships with others, spouses specifically. The Lord is calling us to show mercy in our relationships. To extend mercy even when we don't want to. There was a situation this week, I won't name with who, because she's not here, that we both had to extend mercy to each other. If she would have held me to the line for my actions, and I would have in turn held her to the line and her actions said, it's because you did this, and if that, if you would stop doing this, and you just begin to hold, you know how you guys get into that cycle, right? It's like the crazy cycle we call it. You just start swirling around. Someone has to show mercy. Someone has to say, you know what? God was merciful to me. And I'm going to extend mercy in this circumstance. Maybe to a boss. Maybe to your child. Again, loving your child doesn't mean you let them get away with everything all the time. That's not love. That's another message we had before. But there are times where we are able and need to, and the Lord 
wants us to show mercy even to our children in this situation. So why do we show mercy? Because God was merciful to you. Why do we show it? Because God commands us to do it. Why do we show mercy? Because you're going to need some more mercy. Probably this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, sometime this week, undoubtedly, you'll need some mercy. And the last reason why we should extend mercy to others is because it produces happiness. You understand that? What a wonderful principle. When Liz and I broke the crazy cycle and we began to show mercy towards each other, our countenance changed. The circumstance changed. It was like our eyes cleared up. And we were, it was like we were able to find happiness with each other, even though we had both made a mistake. But someone's got to break that cycle, and I'm encouraging that to be us this morning. Extend mercy to others. So just bow your heads with me this morning. Oh, Father. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we ask for your mercy in our situations and our circumstances. Thank you, Lord, that you are compassionate and kind and gracious towards us. Father, that all week, this week and this month, we would remember just to worship you for who you are. To thank you for your mercy, to thank you for your goodness, to thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, that you would strengthen us and show us how to extend mercy to others. To break the cycle of holding everyone and everything to the line all the time. Because there's happiness on the other side where we can show mercy to others. And Father, I'd also, just as I'm praying, Lord, that we would show mercy to ourselves. Just had the sense we were praying that there are people here that have no problem extending mercy to others, but have zero ability to extend mercy to themselves. And they beat themselves up and they try to hold themselves accountable. The Lord would say to you this morning that you are just flesh and blood. You are not perfect, nor will you be perfect, so don't expect to be perfect. But receive my mercy, receive my grace, receive my love, and let me be the one who changes you. We thank you for it. In your precious name, we pray. Amen? Amen. We have uh, some small group leaders that will be up here to pray with you. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if that, this understanding of mercy and who God is, this, to save you from eternal damnation and separation from Him, today is a day of salvation. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is love. And he wants a relationship with you. If that's you, just come down here this morning as we close. There'll be people who can pray with you up here. And they'll pray with you for anything else. If you've got a physical need in your body, an issue in any kind, they will pray with you and be in agreement with you. So listen, I just want to read this benediction out of Ephesians 3, verse 20 as we close. 
just kind of close your eyes and just receive because it's all about him, church. It's not about us. It's all about him. Now to him who is able, to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen? Amen. All right, we love you guys. You are dismissed. Mother's Day next week, next Sunday. So don't forget, get the card in the mail. Get it off to your moms. If you got little kids, work on the gifts for your moms. Do all those things. Okay, love you guys.